least that takes have... two teams out of the yeah <laughs> everyone's two, trying to do math two out of the seven. <laughs> it's like all struggling i'm like for wait now we're down to... two minus seven <laughs> we're down to five for three spots five for three okay Hello and welcome to the Dodgeball Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bosch. Today we are continuing our regional matchups. We are moving to the West Coast to continue our Women's Mock National Championship. Let me introduce my co-host here, Jenny. Jenny, how are you doing? Hello there. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How you been since the past, not very long since I last talked to you? <laughs> uh, pretty good. Just sort of swamped with work. It's kind of crazy. Um so from the West, we have two members, one member from team, the team Aztec, Shelby Grimness. Shelby, how you doing? Good. How are you? Did I say it wrong? No, you said it right. You said my team uh, name wrong, but you said my last name right. Yeah. <laughs> Aztec. Like, Justin, you're, you're one for two yeah. right now. There we go. <laughs> and from Finesse, Brenda Kramer. What's up? And are you guys the captains of your teams? Nope. No? Nope. Nope. There you go. Um, so, like I said earlier, what we're going to do is we have 13 teams in the West Coast. We're bringing that down to nine teams from the West Coast. We'll make our nationals. Um, from the West Coast, we'll have two one seeds, two two seeds, two three seeds, two and three four seeds across our national bracket. bracket. Um, so we've got a lot of work to do tonight. Um, yes. Jenny, you want you want to go through the teams? <laughs> Sure. It's going to be a long um, one. So like we were saying, because we we're doing the, the picking the nine teams, because as we had kind of gone over into our introduction into the hypothetical nationals um, podcast. It's double hypothetical. Was, hypothetical, hypothetical women's national tournament. Um, but we were saying that there wasn't going to be, or we had, didn't know of any North teams. So we are taking from the West Coast and make things fair. Like Justin was saying, we're taking two one seeds and so so forth. So whoever would be seated second would actually be seated first in the north. Um, so if we kind of go through the West Coast teams, um, we got this list provided to us from Felix Peroni. So shout out to Felix, you're a superstar. And I'll kind of go through this alphabetically. So first off, we got Aztecs, and then we got BDE, uh, Blackout, Cherry Bomb, Fembots, Finesse. Um, I'm gonna guess it's Harakiri. Um, Instinct, Invasion, LFG, Onyx, uh, Power, and Pride. And we've actually got a lot of new teams for this. Um, I know returning of that, it's, it's pretty much half of the teams are new that we're going to see. So that's especially why we were saying this is going to be a hypothetical, hypothetical <laughs> tournament because then there's a, lot, there's a lot more teams, especially on the East Coast, we saw probably three quarters of the teams changing. I know in the South, it's pretty much every team is changing. So this is exciting to kind of get into the mix and talk about who's on what team. When you say the teams are all new, how many of these teams are sort of rebrandings with the majority of the same team? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I think when we go through, it will kind of be like, oh, just double checking like who's on what team. I know that there are some brand new teams. There's a lot of teams that were previously two that are now merging together. We 
you do see that in a lot of these new teams forming. So I don't think it's necessarily rebranding. Um, a lot of the captains on these new teams are actually from previous teams as well. And they're all separate kind of players. So but the actual new teams to this are, so we've got BDE that's captained by, I want to say um, Myra Valley. And then Harakiri is captained by Mei-Ling Chung. Uh, Instinct, captained by Joanna Stevens. LFG, captained by Heidi Chu. Uh, Power with Aaron Gabbard as captain. And then Pride with Alania Meeks. Elena? <laughs> Elena. Elena. Yeah, as soon as I said that, I was like, I definitely <laughs> said that wrong. <laughs> yeah, you pulled a me. I think I could ever be as bad as you, Justin. So <laughs> no, I, I mean pretty hard. Um, so again, I think very similar to how we did the East Coast one. I think right off the bat, we could pretty easily say there are certain teams that we think would be in the top nine, um, just because of roster uh, cohesion, teams that have been together a long time, teams like Invasion that have been together the entire run of Elite slash US Dodgeball. Um, I think if we want to go through the list, we can add those six teams and then we can sort of get to the meat of the, the discussion and try to figure out who's going to be the, the final three to make the, the nine. And then we'll go back and we'll, we'll seed all those teams. Um, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Brenda, do you want to start? Yeah. How do you want to, how do you want me to go about doing this? Like tell you kind of where I had the top, the six ranked or, or what? I'd, I'd say just say who was in your top six. Like they don't have to be in the order that you personally had ranked them, but just who you think would automatically or guaranteed a spot at nationals. Okay. And for uh, the sake of making it fun, I'm just going to read it in alphabetical order. And then, <laughs> all right. Sounds good. So my, my six that are for sure in, I have Aztecs. I have Blackout, I have Finesse, I have, I'm doing the alphabet in my head <laughs> as I'm doing this. Um, I have Invasion, I have LFG, and I have Pride. I don't actually know if I did that in the right order, in the right <laughs> alphabetical order, but I did my best. That was I just the right like order. The, yeah, I just like the uncertainty <laughs> when you said you're like invasion. <laughs> I didn't know where I was in the alphabet. <laughs> Don't worry. You did good though. You got it right. <laughs> Shelby, what do you think? Do you have anyone different in your top six? No, I have the same list for my top six. I think I would agree. I mean, I, I would agree as well. I had the same list as well. <laughs> All right. So let's just move past those six teams. We'll put them into our top nine. Uh, and then we'll work on the, the final three. So in terms of final three, the teams that we have left are BDE, Cherry Bomb, Fembots, Harakari, Harakari, anyone? Harakiri. Harakiri. That's, That's what I'm guessing. Onyx and Power. Did I miss it? Did I skip one? Um, I think you missed Instinct. Oh, an Instinct, yeah. So let's go through those teams. Uh, Jenny, do you want to talk about who's on each team? those teams that we're talking about. So we'll start with BDE. Uh, BDE is probably a hard one to start with. We do have some names that's kind of confirmed, um, but there were some that had registered for round one that we weren't able to 
identify. Um, the ones that we do have confirmed, and once again, so sorry if I mispronounced your name, um, is Courtney Culkins, uh, Kira Monroe, Christina Thomas, Mylene DJ, Mayra Valley, and Susan Francis. So that was the names that we had confirmed as to who was going to be playing on BDE. What do you guys know of some of the players on this team? Is this like an entirely new team? Um, so this, like this team is mainly players that play out of uh, West LA. Um, they're all rec players. Um, a few of them play on Showtime, I think, for co-ed. Um, but this is their like first time joining together to play like at like the USA dodgeball level. Um, they used to play as a team called Hey Girl Hey. Some of them did. Um, mm-hmm. That would play like Bells of the Ball and stuff. And then, uh, but this year they formed uh, Kira and Myra, I think formed the team to take them to USA Dodgeball. So they're mainly, they do all play together. They're all from the same area in LA. Um, but as far as that, I don't think they really have touched the, like the highest competitive level as far as, women's dodgeball ago so this is like their first like kind of venture into that definitely if you're coming from like i know you're saying some of them had played on showtime then it's entirely different game kind of coming from the code scene to then playing a women's you're like put in a completely different position um so it's kind of interesting that have, do you know if they've been playing recreationally for a long time or is it been yeah like a period so Mylene's been playing recreationally for a really long time. And then uh, Mira Smith, I think is her last name. Um, she has a different name on Facebook, I think. But Mira, she's been playing for a while. Susan's been playing for a while. Myra's been playing for a while. Um, but on the co-ed rec level, but not mm-hmm. at the competitive level. Like they, They'll go do tournaments like Sin City and Bells, but you don't really see them at the higher competitive tournaments. Brenda, have you seen a lot of these ladies play recreationally? Um, similarly to Shelby, um, I think we we have seen them in, like she said, uh, the Bells of the Ball tournament. Um, the only thing I really know about them is just from experience also in the women's leagues that we have in LA or the women's league singular that we have in LA. Um, we've played with a couple of these girls. I'm gonna say women. A couple of these women um but yeah i think this is their first kind of venture into a more competitive uh situation how do you think they would have done like first couple rounds in the west coast what do you guys think probably struggle i mean most teams that start off playing competitive dodgeball their first year struggle i mean there's a huge level that you jump from rec league into competitive like even the best players come in and struggle. There's a learning curve. There's strategy. There's tons of strategy that you just don't know in rec league. So I would think they would struggle. What do you? Guys yeah, think? I, I would agree with Justin. Just because I mean I've actually played with a lot of these girls in tournaments. Like I played my first Bells and my first Sin City with half that roster. Um, but yeah, I think they're like they're all super talented players, but at the rec and co-ed level, and I think they would have a difficult time adjusting their game to um, to playing as a women's team, if that makes sense. I think like all these women are very talented, but they all share the similar role that I see them play like on the, the co-ed side or on the rec side. And I think 
it would take them a round or two to get out of that sort of like that role that they're used to playing and more like playing together, like um, if that makes sense. So I think they would definitely struggle. Yeah, and I think that's something to be said too, is like, especially with saying that this first round is going to be the first kind of, say, dose into the USA dodgeball competitive scene. And if they don't perform very well at this first round, because it could take a little bit of time for them to adjust, then that is, if we're going to do like points towards the season, that's definitely going to affect their chances of trying to get into that top nine that we're taking, because... It could be one round where you don't perform very well and you're already missing out like is it, i think it's like a maximum they did like a 12 points before like if you came first so it's like if you're not getting any of those 12 points then you're kind of like oh great <laughs> like what kind of i'm curious to know what kind of style of play that they'll have i'm um, like are they do you think they're a bit of everything or they do you think they're more throwing less catching more catching less throwing that kind of thing um i think well, just looking at this roster right now for what they were supposed to have at round one, um, I think some strengths that they do have, I think being unknown is kind of a strength sometimes. So I think within round robin, they might actually shock a couple teams um, just because, you know, someone like uh, Kira or Myra or Miera, if she was going to play with them, um, and Mylene too, they, they're very like, they're good at catching for sure. And they can kind of catch you off guard if you're not, you know, if you take them not as seriously because they're not a new team, because they are a new team, then um, you're just kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage. But um, yeah, I would say their, their skill set is probably more catch heavy um, and counter heavy. Uh, so that, you know, like I said, it might benefit them a little bit in shocking some teams during uh, round robin. So if we're kind of talking about that out of these, do we, yeah, the sevens left and out of the seven, we have to pick three that will make it through. Do you think that they have a chance of making it in those three that we take it through? No. no. I was thinking no. <laughs> yeah, um, not yet. I would say not yet. If they were to stick together and play a, like, if they were to stick together and go into next season and get sort of, you know, gel as a team, I think they would have a really good chance in like 2021 if this season happened, I guess. Like if they got a season under their belt, I think they would be able to gel well together um, and maybe make it. But for, yeah, this year now. What were you going to say, Justin? I was just going to say, I also think the jump from rec to competitive, especially in like the women's game, when you're used to playing co-ed, rec ball your game totally changes to when you're playing women's dodgeball you now i mean i don't know whether it's the same in the west coast but in the east coast often the women take a secondary role to the men in co-ed and so they don't often have balls in their hands so they're not used to playing the corners so like there's a whole set of role sets that they just haven't you haven't been able to learn or play as much i know in the west coast you guys have a lot more women's leagues or at least a women's league which we don't have at all so I think there's that advantage, but it's just they haven't played corners as much. They haven't played middles as much. So it's just there's a whole set of roles that they just haven't played as much. So I think that's hard also coming into a league where you're just like thrown into it and try to figure all those roles out again. Definitely. And I'm, I'm just thinking about, especially if this is their first time coming, coming into competitive play, 
and you're talking about these roles that they take on, you're playing against other teams that have had this chance to kind of work it out. And it's like, well, so we're already saying there's six teams that are going to automatically make the top nine. So it's like, well, half of the teams that they're playing, they might not even get a chance to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So it's in those scenarios, it might be like, let's say if they're playing finesse and they lose two to zero and they're quick games, they're not going to learn anything from it. So it could also be like a big struggle in that. So I think it's fair to say if we, like, I think it's good to kind of highlight these new teams like BDE, but I think it's fair to say that I, we think that BDE is going to kind of be taken out from fighting for that last three spots. You guys think? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Justin, do you want to go on to the next team that we have? All right. So we'll do cherry bomb. Okay, so like I said, we didn't get full confirmation of all the names on this list, but the ones that we did hear from that were definitely on this team uh, for Cherry Bomb was uh, Jasmine Guzman, uh, Kelsey Pete, Megan Adams, and we just have a Nadia Z. Not quite sure what the last name is there. <laughs> She's like a then, Brazilian. She just goes by one name. Yeah, just one name. Um, and then BB Hendrix. Now, BDD, uh, BDE... And Cherry Bomb, I know Cherry Bomb was previously a team they had paid in the 2019 season, but I actually don't know that much about them. And when I was, I was doing a lot of watching footage, um, I think Alfred can attest to this, that he's like, what are you doing? And I'm just like staring, watching footage for the past couple of days, but it's hard, it's been hard to find footage on them too. So I'm solely relying on both Shelby and Brenda to kind of fill in on how Cherry Bomb is and like how they're going to do. So Shelby, do you want to go first? Um, Sure. I think Cherry Bomb, they surprised a lot of people at round two um, last year. I think they got fourth in foam and I just think they had a really good day. Um, They're also LA players. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so... Aztecs has two former players from Cherry Bomb that left Cherry Bomb to play with us for 2020. And Mm -hmm. they have, you know, they are talented players. And again, similar to BDE, they all play rec. Um, They're used to playing more on like a co-ed team. And so again, kind of the same sort of thing, like trying to figure out the roles they wouldn't normally play. And I think they would still struggle with that. But if they... I don't know like how committed they were to training for 2020 as far as like a team, if they were practicing together or not. I think if they were, they would be maybe in consideration for one of those three. But like, again, I'm like, I don't talk to a lot of those women, Um, but kind of similar to BD for me, like they're still kind of trying to gel as a team. And when you lose two of like your most solid players to another team and trying to fill those spots, like they're going to struggle there. Who is it that um, you guys stole from Cherry Pop? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna I mean, say it. <laughs> whoops. Uh, I mean, it, yo, MJ, she is such a good captain. Like, she's not afraid to, like, if she wants to talk to someone to play for a team, yeah. like, she'll talk to them. Like, she, I love MJ. But, uh, you know, we took Emily and then Anika. What about you, Brenda? What's kind of your feeling about Cherry Bomb? I mean, I think Shelby hit the nail on the head with. Uh, the fact that a lot of these women are uh, they're they're most known for playing co-ed in our co-ed leagues in Los Angeles you know I think 
I think they obviously try as hard as they can, but I think at some, at some point it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to make a name for yourself or, you know, kind of take out a, a higher level team, especially if you don't practice a lot together or, or whatnot. Um, you know, and even though they were, they did play last year, they were, you know, a team last year, I think, you know, even just looking at this, taking only six players to the first round, it's a disadvantage. Um, and, you know, like kind of going back to what we were talking about with BDE, I, I would say that they're kind of on the same level in terms of, uh, you know, women that play rec, women that play co-ed rec, a lot of, um, a lot of the time. So I would, I would say, you know, that's a similar kind of, uh, read that I would get on um cherry bomb as well do you feel like they play a similar style too like they would kind of be more of like a catching sort of team rather than a throwing one so they is that why because I know I do remember that where cherry bomb that they had uh placed quite high in like the foam division Mm -hmm. um do you think that cherry bomb is also one of those types of teams that like like Shelby was saying kind of throws people off sometimes I think the disadvantage to them that BDE didn't doesn't have is the fact that they've that they came to 2019 rounds, um, so so people relatively know who that they who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I don't think people are going to have the same kind of um, learning curve when it comes to playing against Cherry Bomb that they might have against BDE. Yeah, and I, and I think it's definitely what you'd both kind of touched on as well when you're looking at like a team's roster and you're taking if you're saying two of what were really strong members of that team and they're leaving it now it's hard to fill that and if your team doesn't have the drive to necessarily like look out try and get better like you Shelby you were saying about organizing and making sure that um like they're preparing for the 2020 season then it's like you're or you're already taking a hit from losing them and then you're not quite preparing everyone else for coming back at that same level. What do you think, Justin? I mean, it's hard for me to say anything about Cherry Bomb because I don't know them at all. But I would say <laughs> I would say the same thing that you guys said. I mean, the fact that Aztecs took their two best players certainly doesn't help them. And if they're not super motivated to, to practicing and getting better, they're just sort of playing rec ball, but they enjoy playing dodgeball and coming out to the tournaments, then, you know, that's great. You know, dodgeball is really fun and Everyone should enjoy it, but probably not going to be in our top nine if that's the case. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm assuming so too. It's just especially if it's kind of we're getting the same vibe as what we were talking about with BDE, then I think we could rule them out as possibly getting in that top nine position. We that have, takes two teams out of the yeah. <laughs> Everyone's two trying to do math. Two out of the seven. It's like all struggling. I'm like, so wait, we're what's down to, two minus seven? <laughs> we're down to five for three spots. Five for three. Okay. Um, so should we go on to the next team? So now we're on to Fembots. Yeah. So I know Fembots had originally started in the uh, 2018 season. Um, I got a chance to kind of talk with their captain, uh, Missy Takahashi. Um, so if we kind of go through the list, um, we've got that was confirmed for their roster is uh, Allison Chan, Lizzie Hoder, uh, Missy Takahashi, and Natalie Marie Laura. Um, I want to. I want to pronounce 
her name right. Is it Rui Lee? <laughs> I'm going to go for it. Rui Lee. Um, Shauna Marie Manuel, Stephanie Schmuck, and Ashley Tyree. Um, now, a lot of these players are predominantly from, I think pretty much all the team apart from one is from the Seattle area. So I know that they get to play together a lot. And when I was talking with Missy, they were saying that, so they've been together since 2018. They play in the 2019 season. We're pretty much going to be the same team again for this 2020 season. So that's definitely an advantage that they have that they've had two years playing together. Um, if I kind of talk from my personal experience of watching them is that I definitely saw a huge improvement in them in the 2019 season than what I had seen in the 2018 season. And I think that a lot of that is from playing other West Coast teams. It's like, it's a huge thing if you have more talent that you're playing against and you're learning from and being able to pick up on that and come back and actually see significant improvement within a year. I do think that gives them like a good chance of making it into the top nine. Um, but I want to guy. I want to get your guys's points of views on like how you think Fembot is as a team and like what are their chances. So Brent, did you want to go first? Sure. Um, so just right off the bat, um, the fact that they are adding Lizzie onto their roster is a huge upgrade for them. Um, she really just kind of brings a, ex a, a an experienced presence, not only from you know time played but the fact that she was formerly on witness who performed pretty well um in past west coast and uh nationals um so that's a really good ad for them um and as for the rest of the team i definitely agree with you in that they got better as 2019 progressed um I know that a lot of a lot of these players are also uh, members of Roybots, which is their co-ed side, and they actually do pretty well in the co-ed side uh, on the West Coast. So in that instance, I actually think having having some co-ed experience actually helps them. Um, but I would definitely agree with you in saying that um, experience goes a long way and having somebody again like Lizzie added to their roster who's a veteran presence and a voice um, as long as she can kind of, I, it, it's interesting because I don't know a lot of them by name but I remember a lot of how they play and their faces um, but I do know that again, having that time together and having the ability to play together if they all do live in similar regions in the Pacific Northwest, that is gonna actually help them. So I think going into 2020, they probably were gonna have some good experience under their belt. Yeah, and it's like what you mentioned with the addition of Lizzie Hoder, like, I think that that's someone that has the skill level and the experience to propel them even further. Um, Cause you're taking a team that's looking at everybody else playing and then being like, okay, this we're seeing this, let's try and do that. 
and it's different actually having someone like that on your team that can be like okay this is the reason why we do this like this is why we do a b and c and not just go straight for d so it's definitely a huge um bonus for them to have her added onto their team what do you think shelby yeah i agree um i didn't remember lizzie from my first season of elite just because there was so many like i had never played elite before um so everyone was new to me that wasn't from la but then when i went to seattle to play in the crush tournament is when i really got to like watch her play and i did not have fun playing against her because like she was always one of the last people on the court super hard to get out great leadership um and i think finbots adding lizzie is a huge like a huge advantage to them and then also like getting to see a lot of those girls play at the crush tournament um more up close i i think that with this being their third year together or what would have been their third year together i think that would have been a huge like a huge advantage um and i actually do have them down at least on my list for one of the three um just because they added Lizzie, they're they're gelling together as a team, and that's super important for you know, like you could have all the best players, but if you've never played together, like you might not do very well because no one knows how to play together. But like when you add leadership and you have that gel already, it's huge. And like Missy is a ball magnet; she can catch everything. It's I hate throwing at her; it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> I think Natalie has an insane arm that people overlook. Um, and so like, yeah, like they're definitely in that three for me. Um, and it is like what Brenda was saying, like they all live in Seattle. So when you're together with your team all the time, it helps so much. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I thought it was funny. Cause like, as you're saying those points, I was like, I literally have on my notes, Missy, remember her catching a lot. Natalie, remember her having a strong arm. <laughs> I was supposed to play with Natalie at Crush. She was like on my team. And I was like so much looking forward to like not having to worry about her throw at me. But then she couldn't play. Like she ended up having like something happen. She couldn't play. Um, but yeah, her arm is insane. Yeah. And that's definitely something that when like playing with Royale at Nationals, we had seen Fembots before. And then like I will admit that we what kind of went into i think it was particularly foam as well um that we like went into the foam match being like oh like we remember this team from before like it should be fine and then we're like oh my god <laughs> like oh like this team's completely different to what we had played previously um i know if, if we talk about like a few ways of like as a team how they could get better and one thing I could definitely tell like after talking with Missy and like what I've seen when they're playing is that they do have the drive to get better. Um, I know when I was rewatching a ton of footage um, that there was things I noticed was like accuracy was something that was like a little bit of an issue, um, particularly at nationals. And then I do notice that if you kind of, one of the reason why they wouldn't be necessarily considered in the top six part of the west but definitely within the top nine um i think it's just because of their style of play they're coming from playing in a co-ed background as well so if you kind of look at how they play as a team it is kind of a similar structure to like how you see with open play so there's a lot of players that kind of come forward to the line and back but there's not a lot of lateral movements in between um so i think that that's something that kind of distinguishes why they would be in the bottom part of the pop, the top 
nine rather than in that top six spot. Um, how, what, do you guys agree? Yes. Yeah, I would agree. And I know like in <clears throat> Seattle too, they like their rec leagues are like here in LA, we have no sing and foam, but in Seattle they have, I think maybe like one no sing thing a night or a week or like two. And then they do 8.25 foam, they do regular foam. And so like, and when you play 8.25 foam, that style of play is completely different from like foam or no sting. So like, I think because they play a bunch of different ball types, like I would say like if they were able to focus on just no sting and just seven inch foam, like, and play that all the time, they would be even better because they would be so used to that style of play and the, like that rule set and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I, I do feel like they, they do put on a, amount of pressure like you can see them pressing the line you can see them moving forward um but you can tell like you were saying that you can tell that there's more influence in another ball type so i know people say like oh like you can play dodgeball and everything but every ball type has its own style of game so it's like how you apply it like you can't play foam playing it no sting style because you're not going to do as well as what you would do with no sting um so that's why when you see some teams perform really well in one division and then not so well in the other it's because of that kind of difference between the two. Um, what's kind of your opinion, Justin? Did, did you get a chance to see some of the Fenbots or like when they were playing on Roybots? Yeah, we played against them at Roybots uh, co-ed. Um, they've got a really talented a bunch of group of girl, uh, females. I also think the fact that they're up in Seattle away from everyone, there's like a little bit of an edge because so much of the West Coast is based in LA and sort of the LA area that you sort of have like this us against the world kind of mentality. I know that in talking to Rainbows and uh, men's team, but they sort of have that feeling where they're sort of going against the West, like the West is dominated by the LA team. So I think that gives them an advantage as well. And again, the same sort of thing where you guys aren't sort of used to seeing them as much. So I think that gives them an advantage as well. Now, how do you think they would do, out of we said that there's five left that are fighting for these three like do you think they're on the border like do you think they would be number seven out of this group of of um other women's teams or do you like where do you think they would kind of go on this list they were number seven for me i actually had them as number nine but i did have them on my list <laughs> so do we want to kind of go on to the other teams and then talk about how we would rank these ones within the seven through nine or do we want to try and say like how we it is should we still go through the other teams before that then i think my mind has been changed now that we've like talked this out i think seven would actually be a really good spot for them so do we all clearly think that they're in the top t the top nine mm -hmm. yes yeah i'd say definitely in the top nine all right so let's put them in the top nine so now we have two spots left for four teams Okay, so the next team we have is um, Harakiri. And um, once again, not quite sure on all the pronunciations, but I'm just going to go for it. And please feel free to reach out to me before. So if these teams make in the nationals, I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing every name right. So I'm just going to go through and then I will double confirm afterwards. <laughs> um, so we've got, I think it's pronounced Cindy Ing, Ingu. Um, Karina Sims, Jillian Robertson, Mei-Ling Chung, uh, Sarah Ballander, Tina Aramburu, and Chelsea Allard. So this is 
this is a new team. It's one of the new teams that we've been talking about, similar to BDE. Um, a lot of these are made up of players that have been playing in the women's division, um, at least if not for a year, but even longer. And there's a lot of players that have actually been playing for a little while. Um, so what do we think of Harakiri? Chelsea, wasn't she on blackout before? Like she just recently moved to Texas, right? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I think she, she was on blackout. Um, I remember her playing in there. Yeah, okay. Um, I think this could be a sneaky team. In, in my opinion, that roster is filled with a lot of women who have experience playing on the women's level at elite. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, uh, Malene, I, I'm so bad at pronouncing names. Mylene, right? Or Mylene. I think it's Mailing. Mailing. Okay. Mailing. I am so sorry. <laughs> um, she's a great leader. She loves dodgeball. Like I saw her like before the pandemic, like traveling all over to all the tournaments just to play. And I think this team is just full of people that love dodgeball. And since they have experience and a lot of them do have, you know, they have a lot of experience and I think they could easily gel together. Um, Tina is a beast super under like if anyone's like doesn't have tina on their radar they need to put her on their radar now because like definitely yeah but um and jill like uh jill plays in la um her husband is an incredible 8.5 player uh and so for me i i also have them in the top like in that two i guess spots left now just because they are like kind of a new team, but they have like played together before. And I think they're, they're not very like, they're not egotistical players. They're all very humbled players. And I think when you bring players together that are humble and can work together, I think that can do like, that's good for a team. And so that's why I have them in that, like could take one of those top two spots just because of the experience of playing together. And I think, they would gel really quickly and be able to surprise some people. Definitely. I, I did want to touch on something that you had mentioned there. Um, and like when you're saying about kind of like these humble teams actually going pretty far, it's, it's definitely, you definitely say that if you look at nationals and how nationals had turned out and like um, what they're not a team anymore, but union when they were a team, I know Tina had played with them at nationals and she was one of the main reasons why that team made it to the top four. I think Jill was also on that team yeah. too. Yeah. And it was like that sort of play and like being able to pull out those clutch moments where you're knocking down teams that you would just automatically soon like, Oh, we're going to play them. Like, yeah, we're going to win instantly, but it's like, no, you're fighting for it. And then it's, you're losing to them because you're not expecting it. Um, I'm glad to know that like a lot of these players have like had previous experience playing together because that was something that was kind of my question mark was like chemistry like are they going to have good chemistry because the same thing that when you're having a new team is sometimes when you have experienced players kind of joining and playing together if you do have issues like egotistical players or like that kind of thing chemistry can be a big issue like you could have a bunch of talent but talent is only going to get you so far because if you're like, oh, I need, need to go, I need to make this throw, then it can hinder like other teammates on your team. Um, I would definitely say like Tina's someone that 
you can tell that she's putting in the work to get better too. Um, so it's been really oppressive. What about you, Brenda? Uh, yeah, so I think having Cindy as um, someone who has been playing, who had been playing elite for a long time uh, as a member of Ride or Die uh, is a huge addition, especially in a corner spot where she likes to take a lot of counters and um, can also uh, bait you into catches. She's really good at that. Um, I think that a name that people are gonna start to recognize is Karina Sims because she's relatively unknown. She's from the Bay Area. Um, she, I forget who she played with. She played with, with a team at one of Kelly's invitational tournaments. Um, girl can catch. She's got no fear. She has a really sick underarm throw. That's, it's hard to track. Um, and Jillian, like, like Shelby said, uh, out of LA, she's got a really unpredictable throw. So I think even though this team is, is new in, in some ways, um, a lot of their parts are going to gel really well together. It's one of those things where I can, I'm kind of predicting that um, just based on each of these individual players that I know. Um, yeah, I think they're, they, I think they would actually give a lot of teams a lot of trouble. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. And like, I think if you're looking towards, so let's say if you're like drafting a team and you'd want to pick your team, you're like, okay, we need to make sure that we got a good corner. We need to make sure we got some throws, but also have some catchers and we have some like good in-betweens and stuff like that. I feel like they have all the components of making a really good team. And like from my personal experience, I know, I feel like mailing has just been uh, here, there and everywhere. I like seeing her like playing in the South, you know, coming out, like playing on other teams, like nationals think she played with another teams. I think she was previously on onyx for the west um if my memory serves me right but i think at yeah. national she had played with a south team that was called outsiders but definitely like have that experience of like also traveling and playing in different areas does help a lot but what do you think justin um i think from what you guys are saying there's like a difference between uh this team and the two previous teams we talked about in bd and cherry bomb Yes, it's a new team and they're coming together, but there's a difference where you have people that are clearly leaders and played in, in Elite and in USA Dodgeball before. So they know sort of the strategy of how to play and can bring the team together. So the fact that they have one talented players and two clearly leaders, uh, and then it just seems like they have a good mix of players that know sort of how to like, where they're gonna fall in terms of roles. So mm -hmm. I, I like this team. I mean, I was really impressed with Tina. At, I talked to her at nationals and she like totally impressed me in terms of personality and like her attitude. And, you know, you watch her on Facebook, she's clearly transformed her entire body over the past year or two, which is really impressive to do. Um, so I really like her. So I, I like this team. And from everything you guys are saying, it, it seems like one of the team, this team would, would definitely be competing for the top nine. Okay, so the next team here is Instinct. Um, I'm going to say off the bat, I'm assuming that this is primarily an Arizona team from like a lot of the names I recognize. I pretty much think they're all playing from Arizona. 
Um, so if we go through the list, uh, what we've got confirmed is Caitlin Anderson, Emily Fishman, Emily Codan, uh, Grace Bryan, Joanna Stevens, Ursula Padilla, and Winnie Tran. And I know that a lot of these have also been playing for a while. I think Winnie is actually a Canadian player. Um, I'm curious to know if she is going to be on the roster the whole year or if she was just like coming down for a round um, as it was saying that she was like registered but what do you guys think of this instinct team this is also a new team I didn't mention that um, but Brenda do you want to go first sure um, yes they are predominantly all Arizona girls women um, you know Grace it, Grace Bryan is definitely you know, someone you definitely don't want to throw at by yourself. Um, but in terms of being a new team, a recognizable new team, I don't see them as, as that. Um, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know the names of the women that were on, uh, box cats. And I wonder if there's a similarity between those two rosters because they were also an Arizona predominant team. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think with that being said, they might have experience playing together, but I don't know if that experience would be enough to put them in the top nine. What do you think Shelby? Um, similar to what Brenda said, I don't recognize a lot of these names besides Grace um and I believe is Grace the captain oh no Joanna is um yeah I again I can't speak too much on every player just because I I only know Grace um but I mean Arizona definitely has a really good dodgeball scene that sometimes get that gets overlooked I mean you look at the talent that they've produced and they have there so obviously like when you go play rec league in Arizona like you're playing against Dylan and Andrew and, you know, a bunch of like really talented players. So, but again, I think that similar to what Brennan was saying, I just don't know if there's like enough, like sort of like cohesion there or like, like not necessarily talent, but like compared to the other teams on the list, I just don't know if I can put them there just because I don't know them very well. They could come and surprise a lot of people. Like if it's similar to, how box cats played. I mean, I know they gave uh, like some teams a scare at a couple rounds just because like, um, you know, how good they were playing, but yeah, it's hard for me to like kind of see them kind of like getting in that top nine compared to some of the other teams that we have left on the list. Yeah. I feel like you guys kind of stole the words. Um, I wouldn't say right out of my mouth cause I had them written down. So I've missed you, uh, <laughs> but it, it's definitely one of those things that it's like, I know that like, if we're looking, some of these players had played on, on box cats before and like primarily the easy team, like I'm just going off of what I had seen from some of these players perform on their teams the prior season. And a lot of them were, they didn't make it out of the first round. So it affected their points. And they, like you were saying, they could have had some moments where they did surprise some teams, but it wasn't enough to lead them to kind of be considered in this like top nine position. Um, I know that they're like a lot of these players, they do get to 
play together because it's chemistry, but then it's also does the level of talent I think comes into play here as well. Um, like it sounds horrible to say that if like not all of these names are recognizable, then they haven't gotten an opportunity to shine as much or be as highlighted as much. Um, so it's definitely something that I, I was w wondering though, because um, I didn't see uh, Kirsten Bell anywhere on this list. I wonder, is she, do you know if she's still planning on playing or was, had she stepped away from dodgeball or? Um, I think she, I don't know if she stepped away competitively. I think um, as far as I know, she's still playing, but, or before like the pandemic, but yeah. Uh, Cause I was like, maybe, yeah, she maybe she just doesn't come to round one. <laughs> I, I know like, that she's like, amazing. I was like, where is she? <laughs> she is. She's such a good player. I know that like like Tina a lot. Some of the AZ girls go to the south instead of playing on the west. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe she was just gonna go play in the south. Yeah, that that is something I forgot to mention about uh, Harry Carey when I was talking with the captain was that. So we can look at this team throughout the west rounds, um, but some of the players wouldn't be playing on all the rounds and they were losing players like Tina as her primary team was gonna be a South team. So she was gonna be at nationals for them. So that like affects how they will play at nationals cause she wouldn't be playing with them. So I forgot to mention that in there. And then I know that there are some like other, like I was saying like Winnie Tran, like I don't know if she's co completely playing with them cause I pretty much, I think she's a Canadian player. And so it's like, well, if you're gonna have some people like how many on your team is going to be at every round? Are you going to have mixing like whoever can go and that messes with your own chemistry? Um, what do you think, Justin? I have like a super scientific method of looking at players uh, and how dedicated I think they are in dodgeball based on their Facebook profiles. And if they don't have <laughs> a dodgeball picture in their first like 12 pictures, I just don't feel like they're that dedicated. That's just me being super scientific on it. Uh, and if you look at instinct, there's like not as many players who seem to be all about dodgeball, at least based on Facebook profiles. But again, it doesn't seem like most of you guys feel like they're going to probably be in the top nine. So I think we probably can move along. I didn't get a full list for the next team, which is Onyx, but I confirmed that they were pretty much a similar team to last year, apart from the players that we've already talked about that had left Onyx, like Chelsea. The ones that we do have confirmed are Ashley Dixon, Issa Marie Perez, uh, I think it's Texas Hill, and Taylor Pesquera. So those ones were definitely confirmed, but there were other players that had been on Onyx. And it's from my own, I tried to reach out, but no one had responded to me. <laughs> no one wanted to be my friend <laughs> and let me know. Rude. But, because we're saying that Onyx is pretty much the same team as last year with a couple of switches and the addition of Taylor, what do you guys think that like Taylor brings to that team? Uh, sure. Um, I love Taylor. She's a good friend. And she's also, I will not throw at her by myself ever because she'll just snag that ball up. Um, she also has like a really sneaky like throw um, mm -hmm. that's kind of different than everyone else's. Um, but yeah, as far as like Onyx goes, they are – from what I've noticed, they can be sneaky. They can be a team that's like a thorn in your side. But yeah, I think on it, like they can be sneaky. Like they definitely can be a thorn in team side. Um, and obviously, Ashley plays for Team Mexico, right? Yes. 
yeah so you have that leadership you have that skill there um there's a few other players on that team who I don't know their names but I don't like playing against them I'm always like they're either gonna you know throw really hard they're gonna catch me like and I think I mean they're in, like on my list in the top nine I have them written down next to a question mark because they're like they were my number nine team and just because how well they've played at some of the tournaments that I've seen I feel like they could get to that um you know that number nine spot but just kind of like you know if I'm convinced otherwise I would change uh to have them maybe not but again I think with Taylor they're just adding another threat for like catching um they have decent leadership and if they play together and they play together well they can be pretty good what about you Brenda so one thing that just concerns me and because they didn't get back to you it's something that we don't know the answer to is is Evelyn on their team if Evelyn's not on their team then I think they lose a lot of that firepower and they lose someone that has every skill set that would take them up to the next level. So that would be something that would definitely be needed to uh, be found out if, you know, they do end up making it into our top nine. Um, it's interesting because they've been a lot, they've been around for a really long time. I remember they, this is a, a team that I think were called the X women. And this, I think was before Shelby started playing elite. This was like right when money shot started. <clears throat> so four or five years ago, I don't even know time right now, but <laughs> this team, I remember as X women, um, then rebranding to Onyx. I don't know. I think Taylor definitely brings a different element to their team. I don't know how they would use her, but if they if they utilized her well, um, just kind of roaming in that middle spot and kind of picking off, you know, loose balls that people throw or, you know, she's willing to sacrifice her body as, you know, Shelby has footage of from Nationals in 2019. She's definitely oh, yeah. one of those, <laughs> she's definitely one of those players that will give herself up for, for any ball and that definitely helps them. But I don't know, I having played against Ashley in at worlds and just having played against this team over the past, however many years, I don't know if they're, if they're improving and losing Evelyn actually takes them down a notch if she's not going to be playing. Yeah. That's something that I kind of had on my list of like kind of points is like, Oh, they're losing Evelyn. They're getting Taylor. But then, it's that whole thing of like if you look at how they had done last year um so for round one and two they didn't and make three. it out of the first round there were but 12 seed in three, all, all three rounds also going well, out of round, oh yeah we're just talking about round robin yeah if we're talking about round robin so they were a load of seed um but then on round three they made it past the first round um let me just confirm who they had played against um they beat oh, they Ride or Die. Against Ride or Die. They won that was mm. one where I was like, where, where was Ride or Die? Why didn't they make it further? Um, but yeah, like coming, and that was a close match and coming out on top on that. So 
there's some improvements in the season, but it's it's kind of that thing that's I losing a strong player and gaining a strong player. It's like, are you going to end up in the same place? And then there's also stuff where Taylor is very, very talented. And like you were saying, will loft lay out for that. Um, <laughs> shout out to you, Brenda. Um, <laughs> but I'm almost worried that like, would there be a chance that she could overcompensate? And then that makes her more vulnerable. Will she be more of a target because she's on that team? So instead of being able to pick off those little balls at somewhere else, she's having to fight off four balls being near her or three balls being thrown at her. So it like, whereas when she was on blindside the year previously, um, and there's like different targets on that team. So that got to play to her play style and her advantage. Um, so it's like, well, is that going to be the same on this team kind of going into it? Um, so that was my hesitation about, um, Onyx and I think like they are a similar team that had played the year before and so it's it was kind of that debate of like I do I think that they have a chance of making the top nine over this next team that we're going to talk about um but Justin do you think we should go ahead and talk about power and then kind of compare as to who we think could take that last spot yeah because as of right now we're all in agreement that Fembot's in the top top nine do we and... have it Harry Curry too. And Harry Curry is also in the top. So we only have one more spot. Mm-hmm. I think we should take the last two teams and compare them for that last spot. Okay. So let's do that. So let's look at power. Um, power's one of those that we had four people that were confirmed on their roster. Um, that were Aaron uh, Gabbard, Eliza Westman, uh, Monique Ag- Aguilar. Aguilar? Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why am I saying it? You guys know them all better. <laughs> I was like, do you want us to say it? I'm like, I'm like, am I doing it? Am I doing an okay job? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and then Taylor Green. And then there was two additions that were just going to be at round one. But like, I'm guessing from what we had found out from Aaron is that they're only going to be at round one. Um, and that was Danielle Schnoker and Rebecca Rothberg. Um, so reading off that names, self like already gives me a bit of hesitance if they've only had four that are confirmed like i'm interested to see like like who would have been on their team for the rest of the season um because if you're only having four starting that's already like you're playing with six at round one which can be a disadvantage if you're a new team trying to play together um but what do you guys think shelby do you want to go first yeah sure um i think this is like why i when I was trying to think who would take my, like number nine on my list, the only reason why I put Onyx before power was because it seemed like Onyx was for sure going to have a team going. And it might have been more of the same players every round where power might have more of like kind of what Bion- happened to Bionic and what happened to Union last year is they really struggled to com- to have a full roster with the same players every round and um like Aaron doesn't live in LA anymore I don't know if that was her plan before COVID or not um moving to Seattle um because like say like if she moved to Seattle and that could have affected it even so like with 
that they're all I don't know who Taylor is um but I know everyone else on this list and Danielle is a very sneaky player um she plays for showtime she's played for a while she has a sneaky arm she can hold a corner Aaron we all know Aaron um she's super annoying but she's talented like she's a set player you don't want to play against ever like definitely but like she has talent like no one can deny that um and then Elisa uh she's you know underrated she can be sneaky then Monique try like have fun trying to get Monique out like just have fun she'll, like it could be like she'll block for days or she'll catch you Rebecca um you know a rec player who I don't know if she's played on the elite level yet if she has someone correct me but um she hasn't okay yeah so like all talented you know pretty good players so if they were to all gel together and all play together all you know all four rounds yes they would absolutely have the number nine spot but just because Danielle and Rebecca might be only playing round one and then they have to start grabbing free agents for all the other rounds that is kind of why I'm on the fence what about you Brenda it's a great take Shelby Great take. Um, so I think we, as in Shelby and I get, uh, have had a lot of experience playing against um, everybody on this team except for Taylor, because I'm not sure I've never played against her. If I have, then I don't remember. But, um, you know, like you said, Aaron is, Aaron is, um, she's got a way you know what I mean? She's got a way about how she plays that um, can really get in someone's head. And the fact that, you know, she, if, if, we're, if we're basing this off of what 2020 would have been, um, I know she was working really hard in the pre-COVID time to improve and and work on her throw and get more power on it you know she's already very small and and is a good blocker um and you know in in regards to elisa as well um very unpredictable release on her throw and it's kind of hard to time how to dodge away from her throw because it, it's such she's such a tall player so uh-huh. she throws a different kind of ball um, and then, like you said, Monique is, Monique is, is a player that has played with rise. I mean, she's, she's been, she's been in tough situations and games and made really clutch catches. And I know we're not talking about 8.5, but there's something to be said about having that experience at a top level, no matter what ball type it was, or no matter what tournament it was, there's something different that that kind of experience you can bring to your team. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, if we're comparing power to what we know about Onyx right now, and we what we know about power is four definite players, three of whom Shelby and I have had a lot of experience playing against. Those are just the definites. Like we've had experience playing against Danielle and Rebecca as well those three players versus the ones that are on onyx that we know for sure i'm actually going power 
over Onyx just based on what we know, what we can see, and that comparison between Aaron, Elisa, and Monique's skill set versus the skill set of the players that are on Onyx. Yeah, and yeah, I get I'm, where you're coming from. <laughs> that's what makes it hard. Yeah, that's like, what makes it right. difficult. <laughs> Yeah, like Brenda just made a really good point. Like I didn't know Evelyn left Onyx. Like I just like like I missed that. And that changes a lot. So like and with Aaron, Elisa, and Monique, I have a feeling Danielle would have gone the all the other rounds because I'm pretty sure she was a member of Showtime. So and like her if you like aren't on Facebook, her and Richard are a thing. So like I would just think that, you know, she would be going the other rounds. But yeah, like with Onyx losing Evelyn um and with those three players right there like and they're all very well liked players so it might not be hard for power to find people to replace players when they're missing from the round so especially in LA like we have a like we have Uh, a really big talent pool uh, talent pool here where um you know they can go and ask someone like hey like do you want to go this tournament and I mean like and also looking at some of these new teams, like who knows how long some of these teams are going to last or if players are going to jump team to team. We saw that happen last year. So there's a really good chance like getting closer to the nationals. You might see, you know, some players from other teams jumping to like to power. So, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, I know previously coming on, I was like, do you know where like Christina Wong is playing? And like, she's a, exactly like those type of players that's like oh maybe she can't make a round and then she'll like play on this team for this round and like that kind of thing and her herself is like very talented and that's why I'm kind of like I'm surprised that she doesn't have like a solid team that she's always on um because she has a lot of talent so it's like oh like what's happening but when you were kind of talking about power my, my only concern is like so they, everyone is very talented and it's, it's, are you going to take talent over consistency? Like having your team that's going to come there, having the talent that's going to play. Uh, one thing I, I personally know from like playing against Erin, um, both when it had come to like co-ed and women's is that like you're saying, she's, she's very annoying in the sense that like you'll go up to throw and the next thing you know she's like rushing you at the line and I'm like oh my god like well, how are you already here like how are you so fast but it's like how does that mesh with the styles of play with Eliza and Monique because like from what I had seen with Monique previously I, I don't know if I like had seen her play at nationals last year but previously when I'd seen her play it's like you're saying kind of on rise she's more controlled um and how her style of play is so it's like that was my only concern was like how would they mesh well like together but it's that kind of argument what do you think justin kind of hearing about both of those teams there i feel like i always lean towards talent um i think also like you guys said if power does well in round one because they have better players then it does make it easier to find better more players to join their team in round two and round three you know if power comes out and craps the bed and you know gets last place you know maybe people don't want to join them as much but if we're saying they're going to do well in round one because of the players that they have then it makes it easier to fill your roster for rounds two and three so i would lean towards the the talent the more talented players since we since neither team 
do we know a full roster? Mm-hmm. I, think I would lean towards power. There's so many stuff that I'll say this and like, I hope I don't get any flack for saying this. Um, but like part of my opinion is seeing that a lot of the West Coast style play is that like there's so many talented players there that I feel like you can get away with doing some stupid stuff because you're so talented that you can get out of it. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Am I getting pointed out right now? Am I getting pointed out? Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 like that thing where and like I love the play so much, but like when Crystal was on like Love Tap and there was like that, it was like the end of the game and it was I think it was like her versus either Erica or Z. And and then like they rush her and she like has throws both of the balls and she's right there at the line, falls back in the mate, she's at catch. I'm like, damn, she's so talented, she got away with it. I'm like, Crystal, I love you. <laughs> so good. But it, it's that's no risk that's it, no biscuit. It. Yeah. And we all want that biscuit, but <laughs> <laughs> can you put that on the loop, please? <laughs> but I think it was That's one of those the things. They <laughs> all want the biscuit. We all want that biscuit. But you are um, making me hungry. Yeah, <laughs> talking about Don't biscuits. You have Skittles. You can munch on yes. Skittles. <laughs> yes. See you eating there, popping them away. <laughs> But I, I think personally, like, especially after, I was, I was kind of like leaning towards Power of the Turret because I was like, oh, when it comes to like the West Coast, you do want to lean like more on the talent side of it. Um, but I think definitely after talking with you guys, like I do think Power has a chance to make that top nine and get those points in. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so yep. like, Justin, how's that looking so far with the rankings? So that's our top nine. So we have Aztecs, Blackout, Finesse, Invasion, Pride, LFG, Fembots, Harry Curry and power. All right. So that is our top nine for the West coast. Come back next week where we struggle to put them in order. I want to thank my co-host again, Jenny. And I want to thank Shelby and Brenda for coming on doing this with us. This is a three and a half hour podcast. I'm going to cut it into two parts. Talk to you guys next week.